0: Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports RD, creator of Ad Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Food Peace Please podcast. Serena and I are here today and we are so excited to jump in to our next topic and today we're going to be talking about why in the heck do diets not really work?
1: Yes, I love this topic because I bet there's a few of you listening to this thinking, well, Serena, I lost all this weight on my last diet and it totally worked. And what Susan and I are here to remind you is our definition of something working means that it's sustainable. It's not just going to work for like a few weeks or a few months or a year, it's going to work long term. And you know, what the data really shows is that at the two-year mark, 95% of people have either gained back the weight or gained back more weight than they initially lost. Therefore, diets do not work.
0: Yeah. I think that's, like, the really big, like, differentiation that we're going to kind of dig into here is that diets – so as Serena is saying, like, you could probably argue with us, like, they do work. Like maybe you have lost weight or, you know, and it's worked for you in the short term. Mm-hmm. So you've had success, but then maybe what you find is you have this success, but then like something happens, right? Like life happens. Um, and whatever the diet is that you are following, just like that doesn't fit inside of the box of life. Um, and so it, you feel like you fall off the rails, right? Like you fall off track. And so then when that happens, you, it sends you down this spiral of you're off track. And now you have to, I shouldn't say have to, but you're like, well, I'm already off track. So I'm just going to go out to eat too. I'm going to have the cake. I'm going to, I'm going to do all of the things because I'm already off track. So basically it's sending you from one side of the pendulum to the other. And you're like, crap. Like, and then what happens is when you're in that extreme place of like, I'm just going to eat all the things I wasn't eating before, then you start to feel bad bad about yourself again and you start to feel like you need a diet and like if I just get on a diet I'll be back in control that's all I need is I just need another like I need a diet I need a meal plan I need something that's going to tell me what to do and then it's the cycle starts all over again because you go back on the diet
1: yeah and tend to think that the reason the diet didn't work is not because diets in themselves are broken, that they're not sustainable, that they are not the solution. Instead, we tend to think it's because we didn't have enough willpower if we had had enough willpower, then we would have been able to continue waking up at the crack of dawn to get all that exercise in and make our smoothies and skip our snack because we're not allowed to eat snack until we can eat lunch and, you know, all these like things that don't actually work with your life, like like Susan just said, like fit within the box of like the reality of your life. You know, you think if you just had more willpower, then you would have been able to execute and you would have been successful. And that's why diets are this, you know, really um, addictive and like enticing cycle because it places all the blame on on you and it presents itself as the solution to getting healthy and happy and feeling good about yourself. If only you could get your stuff together and get that willpower straightened out.
0: Yeah. And I think I want to like point out here too is that – When it comes to diets, like, you might have several reasons, like, why you go on a diet. And let's just, like, talk about the fact that, like, a diet doesn't necessarily mean, like, I would have never described myself as a dieter, right? So maybe you're someone that just feels like you need to eat healthy um, and you still end up in that all or nothing, like, you're either all the way healthy or you're all the way unhealthy, Or I'm going to tie this back into the fertility community where you find yourself, like, you get a negative pregnancy test and you feel frustrated and you head over to Google and you get into the black hole of all of the things like fertility nutrition and, like, you make this list of, like, this is what I'm going to do now or this is the fertility diet that I'm going to try now. So, like, the term diet that we're using is literally just describing the pattern that you're eating in. Um, and your goal could be many different things. You know, it, it could be many different things. And so what we're talking about is looking at these types of eating patterns and the types of rules and restrictions that they create around what you eat and how that impacts your ability to live your life. Right? I Thank you so much
1: for like pointing out that distinction because, yeah, I wouldn't have said I ever dieted too. And when I think back to the things I did, I'm like, holy cow, I I did like crazy. But yeah, that's a really important distinction. So, so these rules essentially are, you know, whether you're doing it to get pregnant, you're doing it to, to be healthy, you're doing it to run a PR, you're doing it to lose weight. You know, what you're, what you're not doing is you're not honoring your body. You're not working with your body. You're ignoring your your body's cues. You're ignoring when your body tells you it's tired. If you're ignoring all these signs from, signs and signals from your body in pursuit of this goal and these rules, these external rules that you're following. And you know what this does essentially is it creates scarcity. It creates scarcity both physiologically because if you are not eating enough, then food is scarce. there's not enough resources to fuel your body, to feel good in your body, to fuel your heart and your brain and your lungs and your performance or whatever it is you want to do, right? Date night with your hubby, whatever. Um, but then also it also creates a, a, a like a mental scarcity in that you're at the pizzeria and you're not allowed to eat the pizza because it has too many carbs. And so there's these rules that are also creating scarcity. And that scarcity, is a part of the reason that you can't stick to these crazy rules, right? Because scarcity has true, you know, biological consequences. Right, Susan?
0: Yes. Yes. So, I like, just to give you, like, a tangible example of, like, what this is like, I want you to think about a time when maybe you told yourself, like, you couldn't have something. So maybe it's, like, a cookie, right? Or – Let's just go with that. Um, So you told yourself like you can't have the cookie. And I just want you to like think about like what happened. So a lot of times, and this is what used to happen to me, and I see this a lot in my clients, is when you tell yourself that you can't have something that's creating this scarcity mindset that Serena was just talking about, and you start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then, it like it's like pervasive; like it just keeps like coming back and coming back, and until you actually finally allow yourself to eat that food. And what also happens in that process is when you finally allow yourself to eat that food, because you've built up this scarcity mentality around the cookie you eat a lot of cookies. Like you usually don't just have one because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm craving this so much. I need to eat. Like, I just like, it tastes so good. Like it just, and it actually like releases endorphins. Like it, like this is a biological drive. And I think that's the point that Serena is trying to like, that we're hinting at here is like, it's a biological drive. So when this happens to you, like this, isn't that there's something wrong with you or like that you don't have enough willpower like Serena was saying before it's a biologically driven thing exactly so like we
1: we need to approach this situation when why did i fail my diet why did i go off my why did i gain the weight back it's it's you have to have compassion because this is like wired into you, right? So so yes, like I I love that example of like you want what you can't have. And literally, you know, the primitive part of our brain, it it lights up and it is creating this desire, this like pervasive thought pattern where all you can think about is like, I can't wait to eat a cookie. I can't wait to eat a cookie. I want a cookie. There's cookies in the fridge. There's cookies in the fr-. like, you know, you're just constantly thinking about cookies and it's like, well, yeah, of course. Of course you're going to give in to that craving. And now if you couple that with you know, chronic starvation, right? Which is what dieting is. So you're not eating enough calorie calories. So you're truly, you know, not getting enough energy to run your, the machine of your body. So now what happens is our body is smart and we have evolved over billions of years to ensure that we survive. And so what our body does is our brain becomes preoccupied with thoughts of food. So now instead of being able to focus on your work or, you know, being present in the moment with your your partner as you're on a date night, instead you're just thinking about food. Can I eat this? Am I allowed to eat this? When can I eat again? You know, you just have these crazy thoughts where you're just constantly thinking about food. Your mood will be depressed. You're going to feel super irritable because you're hungry and your body is trying to trick you kind of into eating more food because your body wants to survive, your body wants to remain in equilibrium. That's the way we just are programmed. So we have this biological drive to eat the food that we've forbidden for ourselves. And then we also have this physiological, our brain becomes preoccupied with food. Our mood becomes, you know, um, grumpy and um, irritable, and you're going to feel hungry all the time. That is a true adaptation to chronic restriction. You are hungrier And then we have the wherewithal to say, well, you just need more willpower. Like, what?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to remember that if you have been in this like cycle of dieting or restricting, having rules around your food for a long time, you might not even recognize how hungry your body truly is. Is you might not feel those really big, like hunger cues, the way you would be expecting. So, you might be thinking, like, well, I don't feel hungry, so it's okay. But your body also adapts to not getting enough food, so it will diminish those hunger signals by adapting to like less energy. Now, that doesn't mean that it's that's good for your body or that that's healthy for your body and that your body needs to run on less. That's absolutely not what we want. And a lot of times, like when you're chronically undernourished and you're not getting enough to eat, like your body's going to give you signals. So one of the things that sometimes I think women don't realize is that if you are not getting a period, Mm -hmm. a regular menstrual period, like, That could be a sign that you're not eating enough because, in order for your body to reproduce, you need to have enough energy. And if your body isn't getting enough energy from the food that you're eating, it's going to divert its resources away from your reproductive organs because essentially they're not really essential for your survival. Like things like breathing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like your heartbeat, like those. Things are essential for your survival. So it's going to divert the energy away from that and it's going to result in you not getting a period. So that's just one of the signs that, um, that you're not getting enough. But again, that doesn't mean that you are... Um, not – that you're not getting enough. It doesn't mean that just because you aren't getting a period or you are getting a period, like, and you don't get these regular hunger signals. The point is that I'm t- saying here is that there could be a lot of things that maybe are leading you to missing out on these hunger cues.
1: Yeah. Like I, like, I think it's important to realize you're not the exception to the rule. Like, I don't even know who you are. You're not the exception to the rule. You need to eat. Like, are you a human being? If you're nodding your head, yes. I'm sorry, darling. You need to eat. You need to eat throughout the day. You need to eat meals that are filling and have energy in them, not just leaves and salad with like 20 calories. Like you need these meals. And and I think the hardest thing coming from diet culture is like we're taught a meal is like a 250 calorie, 300 calorie, you know, situation. And that's not true. Like you're a grown adult. Like you need energy. You need calories. And it's a good thing. Those, that energy, those calories. I think we have this like thought in our mind that as soon as we eat these energy, we eat these calories, it's going to just turn to fat. And like God forbid. And actually, energy fuels your brain. Like Susan was just saying, it fuels your reproductive system, so you can have a healthy baby. Um, it fuels your runs. It. Fuels your liver, your kidneys. There's so many things that our body is actively doing that we don't even think about. Thank goodness we don't have to. But our body needs energy to run our immune system. There's so, our body is so complex and it needs energy. And so, a lot of times in the beginning of this journey, like Susan was saying, if you're a person who doesn't experience hunger cues, you know, we kind of want to like like, shrug our shoulders and be like, oh, yeah, well, I don't, I'm just not that hungry. Well, you've suppressed your hunger cues for so long that your body has acclimated. But if you started having a breakfast and just gently cre- like, creating this regularity to your eating schedule, you're going to wake up those hunger cues and you're going to feel fantastic. You're going to have more energy. You're going to notice a difference in just the quality of your life because you're not going to be preoccupied with food and grumpy and irritable and low energy, all these symptoms of underfueling.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And I think it's also important to remember that if you are someone that is may, maybe you feel like you are eating enough, um, but you're still not allowing yourself to eat certain foods, that's still a diet. If you're still restricting and avoiding certain foods, unless you have a food allergy, um, but those it's still a diet. Like you're still restricting yourself. And that mental restriction and that scarcity, it is going to lead you to continuously think about those foods. And it's going to To again, you have this biological drive that your brain's gonna keep thinking about it until you satisfy the craving, which is why I say, like, the biggest thing you can do when you're constantly craving something is to just eat it Mm -hmm. and move on. Like, Mm -hmm. and also enjoy it. Like, sit down and be present and like pay attention to what it is that you actually are eating and notice if you actually like it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you the number of times I've had a client tell me like, you know, they have this food that's like up on a pedestal that they're so obsessed with and like they cannot be trusted around. And I tell them to go out and buy it and sit down to eat it. And they come back and they tell me that they really didn't even like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And the point in telling you this is getting you to understand that that it's that biological drive. That's like causing you to think about it. It's not you and that there's something wrong with you. And why can't you stop thinking about, you know, fun foods like chips and cookies and cake and whatever? Like it's literally this biological drive and it's coming from... This deeply deeply rooted diet culture system that makes you think that those foods are bad and you shouldn't be eating them, and that if you eat them, you are a bad person, which is a thousand percent not the case at all and it 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 takes a lot of time and hard work to like dig through this that kind of like deeply ingrained diet culture brain because even when you're eating it, you're going to be like. Your diet culture like sensors are going to be like beeping off the radar here because they're, it's just – you're going against what you've been internalizing for years.
1: Yeah. I think that morality piece of like I'm a bad person or I'm an unhealthy person or I'm hurting myself or I'm hurting my family because I'm serving chicken nuggets and French fries or what have you. And it's like how do we start to realize that eating a cookie is not the same as, you know, hurting a kitten. Like, like it's not the same. And when I say it in that way, you're like, well, duh, Serena. But that's, that's what's been like woven into our belief system is that there is this morality tied up in choosing salad over chocolate ice cream. And that is just absolutely ridiculous. It does not change the fiber of your being of whether you're a good or bad person just because you're having cravings for foods that are fun foods. It, like when you think about it like that, like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, that's just what we've been taught to believe,
0: yeah, it is. And, it, and as I was saying before, it's just so deeply ingrained. Like, if you think about like when was the first time you really encountered dieting or any sort of like comments or judgment on food? And it was probably like so incredibly young that you don't need necessarily remember that first time. You probably have memories then as you're growing up, um, with different like comments or things that you heard people say, like I just remember this is like. So funny. But I remember in the 90s when they came out with like baked chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember like, oh, like, you know, it's like you're internalizing and understanding that like, I think I was young, but like, I think I just remember internalizing, oh, okay. So like regular chips aren't good. Mm-hmm. um, Like they aren't healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, baked chips are better, you know, and yeah. so – And that's just a very small example, but there's just so many things that we internalize without even necessarily realizing it. It's
1: everywhere. I think like that's like the the worst part of this is like it's on the billboards, it's in the magazines, it's in the Facebook ads, it's in your Instagram scroll, it's in the conversation you're going to have, you know, if you go to the cafeteria today, like it's everywhere. And so I think if you're a person who's curious about leaving diet culture and stopping dieting, I think that's why it's so – like I want to applaud you for listening to this podcast right now because that's really how you start to change this belief system that – you know, and it's hard because however old you are, that's probably how old those beliefs are. Like, you know, like I feel like in the womb, we're like internalizing the crazy thoughts our mom has because she's trying to like, you know – take care of her body and she doesn't know what she's doing. So so it's just like we need to realize that surrounding your 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 ears and your your eyeballs and your brain with all these positive like influences from anti-diet accounts is so important in order to really start the healing and the questioning of like hey, am i a bad person if i have french fries with dinner tonight? Hey, are you know, um baked potato chips better if I think they taste bad? Like like start question you can ask yourself questions. You don't have to believe everything you think, which I think is actually an episode Susan's talked about before how you don't have to believe every thought in your head. It kind of goes back to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like just and just because it's something that you learned when you were younger and that you've internalized doesn't mean that you can't change how you feel. You can't change your beliefs. Like you can absolutely change your beliefs and you can you can absolutely change this relationship with food. You don't have to continue dieting for the rest of your life. You don't have to continue to be, you know, on and off weight watchers or like y- you really don't. Like you you have the choice and you can decide for yourself what you want and what you want moving forward and Of course, we're here advocating and hoping that it means that you don't want to diet anymore and to learn that there is another way because, you know, we're not saying like not don't take care of your body. In in fact, like by not dieting, Mm -hmm. you are actually taking better care of your body than you are when you are dieting. So there is a way to take care of your body and to be healthy like mentally and physically without dieting.
1: Absolutely. Like, I think it's important to remember weight is not a behavior. Having a baby is not a behavior. Running a personal record, not a behavior. Okay? We need to think about what are the habits that I need to incorporate in my life in order to, you know, be in a healthy body, in order to do all these things that you have in mind in in terms of, like, becoming the healthiest version of you. And we can pursue health. We can do healthy things without dieting. And I think that's the most important takeaway here is just because you decide to leave diet culture doesn't mean you decide to abandon the pursuit of health. They they are not one and the same. But I love this idea of like, hey, there's another option. Because I really think – I really think it was not until I was in my mid-20s that I realized I didn't have to like be doing something to control my weight. Like there was like – like literally it was mind-blowing for me. Like wait, I can just trust my body to be the weight that it wants to be? Like I don't have to like micromanage what I'm eating to try and make sure that I am as as thin as possible? I didn't didn't know that was an option. Like I really had no idea. So I hope for some of you, like this might be the first time you're hearing that. Like Susan, that was a really powerful thing to say. And like I, I hope it's giving you like the freedom it gave me when I first realized that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you're saying that, Serena, I was thinking about like how on the fertility journey, you know, you may think that if you just eat enough kale Mm -hmm. and start eating liver, or if you follow the keto diet, then you'll get pregnant. And so I just want you to know that these are very, very similar circumstances. Like, and maybe – before you started trying to conceive, maybe you dieted before or you were trying to be healthy and you were trying to do these things to make your body look a specific way. And now you've shifted that focus to trying to make a baby. And so you're trying to manipulate and make your body the most perfect place to conceive a baby. And like, The exact same thing as like dieting and weight loss, like Mm -hmm. there is another way. Like you can support your body to optimize your fertility without all of this nonsense of diets and diet culture. And I'll even go as far to call it fertility diet culture because it all very much so flows together. And, you know, I just want you to remember like it's not your fault Mm -hmm. that – This is something that you like default to. Like our culture has really taught us that nutrition is like all hail nutrition. It can solve all of your health ailments. It can solve everything. And look, I understand nutrition is important. Like I think Serena and I both understand that. Like we're registered dietitians, but it's not the end all be all. It's not everything. Like there's so much more than just nutrition and we got to, it's important, but we got to expand our bubbles a little bit here.
1: Yes. Expand the bubble. I love it. Okay. That's the like take home message. Expand the bubble, surround yourself with this anti-diet message, read books, listen to podcasts, and just realize like Susan just gave you the free pass. Like you don't have to control everything you eat. Like you can pursue health in, you know, by just pursuing healthy behaviors without worrying about dieting. And that's a possibility for you. I love it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We will look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete
1: looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image.
0: If you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.